Hi there, friends. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm Haley. And I'm Johnny. And you're listening to Johnny, Johnny Haley, Haley Day, Day of, of Fun. Who do we have on today? I don't know. Let's dive into the episode and find out. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of the Johnny Haley Day of Fun podcast. I'm Haley with my brother Johnny, and today we are joined by Will Survive, horror and true crime author. Hello, Will. Thank you for joining hey, us. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, first of all, I just want to say it's my birthday weekend, so... I Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you so much. So I'm yeah, birthday. over, so I want to apologize <laughs> to the editor of this, uh, of this five program in advance. Um, you know what? I think if you're a little bit hungover, that's probably on brand, right? If you're in the oh, horror, <laughs> right? horror, true crime realm, I think, you know, yeah. a little bit of self-medicating when you're in those subjects is Absolutely. probably, you know, it, <laughs> for sure. It's, it's appropriate. It's apropos for sure. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we connected, I was looking at initially you, uh, your Amityville, um, book is what I was looking at. So if we can kind of start with your, you have a background in forensic science yeah. and you started with the true crime writing so get, give us a little bit of a rundown of of how did your creative journey begin then if you started with sort of a science background yeah uh well so i guess i started like you said with true crime uh i started writing you know while i was going to school and uh always been very uh interested in forensic science uh, you know, the, the, the true crime shows and, and it just, it, you know, it's something I'm, I was addicted to it. So I wanted to find out the, what, what was really behind it. You know, mm-hmm. you watch like CSI and all this stuff and you see like these people, these, uh, CSI people with guns and stuff. And it's just, it's not realistic. And I wanted to learn, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, so I wanted to learn the ins and outs and, uh, I went to school for it and I really, really, you know, just love getting into the details of, of, uh, the murders and, and finding out what happened, these mysteries, how do we, how do we find out what happens? How do we fill in these gaps? So I started, actually started, believe it or not, uh, writing uh, the Jonestown book, my Jonestown Dull Drift Kool-Aid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not, believe it or not, that took about seven years. I actually was. I uh, mean, it's, it's a very, that case is a very involved case. And yes. it's, it's such a big you know the the huge event obviously like the jonestown event is probably what most people know but like right I mean, the the build up to it and and what sort of what it took to get there right oh, is, it was yeah it's it took a few years. story yeah it's yeah, a it lot of a, information yeah it took a few years just for them to get to jonestown it took several years i mean jim jones was you know um working in, in the community in san francisco he was working for you know the mayor who actually mm-hmm. later on wound up, Mayor Moscone wound up getting uh, killed. And then, and if you remember, Harvey Milk also was killed. And, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people believe that those things were linked to Jonestown. So, yeah, there was a lot of things going on for sure. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> you got to check, you know, you got to check that out. It's, it, I, I have a couple of references in the book to that. But, um, you know, Jonestown, I started and I, I knew Jonestown as a kid, uh, um, mm-hmm. you know, being uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a mix of biracial. So I'm black Italian. So for me, that was, uh, you know, the kind of 90 uh, percent or 80 to 90 percent of the population in Jonestown. They were mm-hmm. black. The courts were handing, you know, uh, uh, black children over to Jim Jones. He was in Jonestown, you know, basically 
the only communication they had was him over the radio, over the speaker. And he was telling them, if you go back to the United States, they're putting black people in prison camps. You got to stay here. You know, he wanted everyone. He wanted people there. And, you know, I guess for the mass murder suicide, there's a lot. I don't want to get too far into Jonestown because, you know, obviously. Oh, yeah, no, you could do several podcasts on Jonestown. I go on and on. But I do believe that there was some type of, you know, CIA type connection with Jim Jones. And I and I detail that in the book and I, I detail his whole life. But that kind of that book kind of took me in a different direction. And I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And I kind of put it down. I was like, I, I don't think I really have like a, a story here. Mm-hmm. And then uh, along comes Amityville. A friend of mine came to me and said to me, you know, hey, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I've been investigating this Amityville thing. You know, this, it's a real house. And I said, what? It's a real house? I thought it was a, just a movie. I didn't know right. that it was real. Yeah. And uh, what's crazy about Amityville is we went out there. We took a couple of photos, Okay. I'm trying to make this quick because it's it's a long story, but I took I took a couple of photos. We uh, we saw some orbs in the photos, and we're like, "What is this?" You know, we brought it back to my place, and we're hanging out. And I had this little uh, wine wine fridge, and I had some uh, wine, and I actually and I and I and I like to. I know people people say, "Well, you know, you had um, you had Merlot in the fridge," so I like to chill my Merlot also with my. Yeah, so I, have it however you like it. Would you like it? As long as it does the trick. So That's all right. of a sudden, when we're looking at these orbs and these pictures and we're researching Amityville at my place, and all of a sudden I hear a pop. And I look down and there's Merlot at my feet. And it's like, it, 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 so somehow it exploded in the fridge and it's literally like at my feet. It looks like blood. There was like really mysterious things that happened while I was like just, just you know, researching. Mm-hmm. Then those orbs, we took them to uh, Bergen Community College in Paramus and we had the film department. I had a friend there. We had them review it for, you know, whatever it could have been. And they ruled out like pollen, water spots, you know, all this other stuff. And they just said, we don't know what it is. And it looked, it was very creepy. So from that point, it just kind of piqued my interest. I started researching and researching. And then when I saw the murders, you know, I, obviously of how that went down with six family members killed in their bedroom mm-hmm. with a high powered rifle that you could hear like five blocks away. And no one woke up out of their bed. I mean, it just, all these things started coming together, like true crime, paranormal, you know, everything you can imagine is in one case. I'm like, this is, this is it, you know? Right. So that's that's how I got, it caught me, you know? It's kind of interesting. I mean, it's a little fun, almost like, you know, a paranormal sort of signal to you, you know, the, the Merlot on the floor, like follow, (laughs) follow this little blood trail, see where this goes for you. Kind of. I'm telling you. And the last thing that I I was waking up at three 15, three o'clock, three 15, every morning Mm -hmm. when I was, when I first said I was going to write the book, I swear. And one time I woke up and I knew I said, Oh my God, I'm not looking at my phone. I put it under the pillow. I took it out like 10 minutes later. It was three 15. I'm like, this is, I got to write the book. Like, yeah, that really happened. I'm serious. No, I believe you. And it's it's I mean, it's interesting how, you know, I so I'm also a writer and I do think that to some degree you're kind of channeling when you start writing, whether you're doing something where you're researching or whether you're mm-hmm. writing fiction, like you're connecting to some kind of energy that's kind right. of driving you forward and nudging you to explore this way, explore that way kind of thing. And it's, you know, it's kind of a it's an uh, an interesting exploration when you're a writer i think that you kind of have to like you connect to this story energy in some way and then you have to follow it where it goes right i think that also in the yeah. universe too like what you put out there 
you know, it really does kind of oh, come yeah. back to you and you, you tap into some energy source, you know, and so, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. I, that's really interesting. I love that. So it's, it's kind of like Amity almost sort of found you, right? More than you sort of found Amityville to go after as a story. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. Hundred percent. I was not. I was not. Uh, that was not on my itinerary of things to write about or anything. And it's great. So over the years, I was able to connect with, you know, a lot of the Amityville people. Uh, some of them uh, unfortunately passed away. I had a chance to meet Lorraine Warren, uh, which was an amazing experience. Um, you know, Laura Didio. Um, uh, you know, I, I speak to her every once in a while. She's 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 my you know one of my Facebook friends, and she's read my book. And she you know I, she's she's amazing. She was one of the she was one of the first people uh, who investigated the house mm -hmm. with the woman. Mm -hmm. um, and, and also, um, you know, I speak to, um, uh, you know, I speak to the little little kid that was actually in the house. I, I, I don't know if you know. Um, there, yeah. So Christopher, uh, Christopher Quarantino, we speak every once in a while. Um, so he's, you know, it, it's pretty cool just to be like kind of a part of that community and it's unfor obviously unfortunate what happened i mean you know with the family members i mean it's yeah. tragedy right so i mean but it's it's again it's you know tapping into an energy right like it's right. interesting to kind of mm -hmm. explore that because you kind of have to i you know obviously everyone has to decide for themselves what they believe but right. you know there's i think there's a lot to be said for there being some kind of like other <laughs> energy cal you know, whatever you want to call it that you know, attracted not just what happened, you know, like, I, can you talk maybe a little bit about that? And I, you know, I do want to touch on your other books and things, but like, I am just yeah. really fascinated and interested in like the, the Amityville story and the murders that happened. Like, it really does kind of mm -hmm. seem like there was maybe a very strange energy that would kind of existed like maybe before with like, it, it, or yeah. so, did you no, find that? Like, what would you say you found, you found there? It's a total enigma. I mean, even when I went out there, it was weird. We had a couple of things happen. We were investigating it. Um, you know, basically we were canvassing the neighborhood and nobody really wanted to talk about it. And then uh, we went up to this one house, which was close by the house. And they said, you know, you should talk to this guy. He, he's, he lives like four houses down and he's an older man. His name was Ed Kelgasir and he was like 90 years old. And he's like, he had to live there even before that house was there. Like he's lived there for the, the original house was moved oh. a lot. And so they put another house on there and the house was too big. So that's why it's faced sideways. So the two windows are facing the street. The front door is not facing the street. The two windows look like eyes were yeah. facing the street. That's why, because it was too big to put on the lot. So they have to put it on sideways. So this guy was there before the actual, that house was even put there. So anyway... You know, we went to him and we were, we, we met with him and he, it was just like all these weird things started happening. We were driving down a block to go to meet him. And we were like, uh, he was like, park here, park here. And we're like turning, he's like, turn the car. We we're like arguing. And we, this is one of my friends. And we went hit him to a tree. Oh, right? the way we hit him to a tree. Later on, we're interviewing Ed that day. And he tells me that um, his, his next door neighbor Miles, whatever his name was, was driving with a bunch of friends who, who never saw the Amityville and wanted to see it. And as they're driving by, they go by and they hit into a tree, like right by the house. And I mean, come on, you, you got to be kidding. That's we were like, you got to love those synchronicities that line <laughs> right. up like so perfectly like that. And it, 
just just more you know nudges from the universe they're like hey you're on the right path you're doing the thing you know that you're supposed to that we've asked you to do kind of thing right yeah I, well i just hope it was the good the good spirits that were asking me to do it but um you know you kind of never know you got to follow and see what happens yeah exactly but uh yeah so that was that was wild and then uh no, that's a really interesting and a really great person to be able to talk to though someone oh. who you know was there before mm-hmm. any of the incidents you know and like what a great like just just that you lined up to be able to talk to that person is you know like what a perfect interview to have it was amazing because he had a lot of inside information uh he also had a lot of like so like i said i was kind of getting stonewalled by many of the uh you know people who lived in Amityville. Mm-hmm. And then this guy kind of was giving me the insight into what all of them were saying and thinking. So they're not telling the public about it, but they're kind of like in a little group talking about it. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you know, this guy is like telling me all these shocking revelations. It was, it was, I mean, I, I, it was, it was amazing. It was eye opening. It was, you know, I, I was so excited writing that book, you know what I mean? I really went researching it. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's really, I just, it's really cool that like, obviously there was some, you were getting help from somewhere, right? Like getting yeah. to the right places yeah. and to get, to get an inside scoop, to get like the real true story, because that is something that is really kind of interesting. And like John and I had, had watched, you know, like a documentary on Am- Amityville before this, just to yeah. kind of, because it was the same thing where I was familiar with the movie, right? But right. not necessarily the true story. Right. Mm-hmm of what had happened and it's i mean there's there's so much it is controversial like there's there's yeah. a lot of controversy because you, you know there's a lot of sort of i don't know if he said she said it's the way you want to put it but you know because there was so much hype to the movie and and to like the I don't and the know, book jay Anson's book you know right the yeah. book and kind of the instant like sort of fame or attention right, right that happened with with the, the family that had lived there after the murders like i imagine that it's really difficult to get any of them to to want to talk about any of it right yeah uh, so so chris uh you know we talk every once in a while like i said and i we did i did an interview uh myself and laura didio for a documentary an amityville documentary that hasn't come out yet and, oh very uh, cool yeah and they had called me um you know and we i i became you know Good friends with the producer as we were, you know, we would go over a lot of the deals. I was the first one they interviewed. And um, he, uh, you know, they had told me that he contacted Chris and Chris didn't want to do the interview. And then we, myself and Chris were talking and he, you know, he kind of w- was thinking about it. And then, you know, but he just didn't want to do it. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know what the fascination is as far as with with uh, the family members. I, I know Joe, um, the daughter who saw Joey. She has never came out publicly, and I, I think maybe the other brother maybe said one or two things. Now, remember, that was uh, George Lutz's stepkids. Mm-hmm. So that's why he, when, we, when I say Christopher Quarantino, is he was Christopher Lutz. And then he, but he kept, but I guess he, he went back to his original name, his father's name. Uh, well, I imagine yeah. there's probably, a, you know, you don't want the notoriety, and, and, you know, when you're going about your life, you don't want to necessarily have everywhere you go to be attached to that story and, you know, have everyone ask about it. And cause it, it becomes yeah. sort of a shadow over you, right? Right. Like, people aren't interested in you. They're interested in this thing right. you were interacting or attached to this story. Right. Right. And he had said, Christopher had, 
basically, um, you know, I mean, he was seven years old. So what could he really remember? I don't even remember mm-hmm. being seven. So I, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. so, so he, but he said that George, I think he, he said that there was a, he saw like an orb. He had an experience where an orb or some kind of figure was coming at him down the hole. He got really scared. That's really all he remembers from that time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's pretty amazing for him to even say that and remember that. I mean, mm-hmm. I think yeah. he's been pretty honest about everything. He he says, I don't, I didn't see anything else that happened or he didn't remember anything else. So I don't mm-hmm. know, you know. Very cool. So okay. you, I, I know you've written a lot of other things. So so where is the sort of transition from the yeah. true crime into the fiction? So I'm I'm a very creative person. I'm all, I, I do, I love school. Like my Jonestown and Amityville kind of written, you know, I sourced everything in the back with a, with a, with a detailed bibliography. Um, you know, it was kind of like a, a, a long essay paper for mm-hmm. school, like a 300 page, you know? So I, I kind of, uh, I have a very creative side. I play guitar. I sing, I do all kinds of stuff okay. creatively. I, I love editing, you know, I, uh, uh, you know, videos and I do all kinds of creative stuff. And so it wasn't feeding my creative side, the, uh, you know, the true crime. Plus, it's very controversial. The things that I've, the topics that I've taken on were very controversial. And mm-hmm. by nature, I mean, I, you know, I didn't want to really be controversial with this. You know, I want to come on wearing a suit jacket with a Rolling Stone shirt. <laughs> you know? I, I dig wanna, it. I want to just like, I don't want to be like in a suit and tie all the time and like just sitting up, you know, because I'm t- when you're talking about true murders, you can't sit here and make jokes and all this kind of stuff. It's not, you know, because it's really not funny. I mean, it's, um, I mean, you can, you can, if you create that, that that's your brand, right? Like, but you, yeah, I, you I get what you're saying though. Like, you know, if you want <laughs> to be able to explore those things in a more sort of fun, lighthearted sort of way, you have yeah. to, the creative world is where you have to be able to do that, right. you know? Yeah. yeah. Right. I was finding it hard to, 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 to kind of uh, create that type of image where it's my, I'm being myself yet, you know, able to talk about these things in just a loose manner. So Anyway, a combination of those things, I, I, I transition, but I, I got to be honest with you. Um, fiction is much harder than nonfiction writing, writing fiction. And I don't even think it's close. And I, I don't know if I've ever heard many people say that, but from my experience, you know, a nonfiction is there. It's all there. You just have to research. The research is hard, everything. And then you just kind of compile all this information and, and you, and you make a story, you know, you have a message in it or whatever. Um, but, but fiction, you're right. You got it. You have to create characters. You have to create a storyline. You have to create everything is you. And now, this is interesting. This is interesting to me though. So, and maybe, so I know John's been kind of toying with writing. John's a musician, a little and, bit. And, but, uh, and, and I, so, but I have sort of, I started from the creative writing sort of side. I have. It's just interesting to me that you say that it's easier mm. to write nonfiction. And I wonder if it's just maybe because that's where you started that it's easier probably, because for probably. me, it's opposite. Like huh. I, I struggle with nonfiction. I love reading it. I love, this is interesting maybe. And I don't know. So I love to absorb nonfiction, like podcasts and reading and books and yeah. documentaries, but I always prefer to write like huh. fiction and I'm not a huge fiction <laughs> reader. So That's I don't so like, but I, so how does that go for you then? Are, are you still big into reading nonfiction while you're creating your, you know, what, what's the balance there for you? 
I have uh, four stepkids and I just had a, uh, a baby two month old. Oh, so, so you are not reading. I don't read it. <laughs> I'm lucky if I read like a Facebook article at this point. Yeah. Um, That's fair enough. You know, it, well, I mean, look, I, 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 I do love reading and obviously, and, uh, it's hard to finish anything these days. I'd rather, I prefer writing over reading. I, you know, listen, I'm with everybody you. has their own process. Stephen King says, if you're not writing, read, read this, read that. Yeah. You have to do, you know, you have to write 10,000 words a day. I don't know. You know what I mean? Everybody has their own process. I think, um, reading, um, writing fiction to me is here's the, here's to me what means more than anything. When you write fiction, I am very, I am very prepared. I write a 20, 10 to 20 page outline. Okay. Before I even write the first, before I even start on the first chapter, um, I, I, I outline the characters. I, I give them a backstory. I go over the story and outline the story, like literally like, like one or two or bullet points, whatever you, however, and I, it's fluid. I keep changing it throughout the process. But to me, the story's written before I, before I start writing. Yes. I, I like it. that. That's really an interesting, um, it's, I'm so, I'm a lot more fluid, I guess. Like I just kind of, I, I don't know, but it's interesting to me. Like I, that's one of the things with writers, like, or just creative people in general, like the processes the process. that we have, yeah, Is the it? thing that you create for, cause it, it's always mm -hmm. something that fits you. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, it's always you have to create a process. And I'm so for you, you know, coming from nonfiction, like that's how you would have structured all of your information, too. Right. Like, yeah. so you're, you're like, OK, I have to right. put this case together. Right. That's kind of a similar thing. Mm -hmm. with stories. You know, I never thought of it that way. That's really that's I never thought of that of it that way. Like you yeah. just said, actually, I'm absolutely right. correct. Yeah, yeah, like it's kind yeah. of like this is you're building your case file and then you write your yeah. book from it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like and that's how right. you like. But that's right. a really cool process. And. So do you, in your fiction then, right, you're doing horror fiction. Mm -hmm. Is it is it just because you enjoy horror as a genre or did some of that sort of come from the subjects that you had nonfiction researched? Was it, you know, a transition because of, or, or both, because, you know, it's, it's a field of interest or a genre of interest for you personally? Uh, so that's, it's, that's a great question because I actually started in 2020, right? So I had like, I, I would used to do creative writing when I was younger and stuff, you know, I couldn't put all these things together. I think it was because I didn't have that process in place to me sitting down and just, you know, freehand writing. What do they call that when, uh, me, it's called a panster. It's a panster. Uh, that, that's a new term. Uh, I just, okay. I was going to say, it's, that's not familiar to me. It's somebody who just sits down and writes off the seat of their pants. So it's like, okay, so that's how I do that. Like right. when I'm writing, it's yeah. more of a, like in the moment, slow sort of thing. And so that's, what's kind of interesting to me. Like you basically build the whole thing first and for yeah. me, it's sort of like, I'm more yeah. in like a, I have to sort of connect to whatever the energy of that story is in some right. way. And like, and and then it kind of goes and like I kind of have things that sort of like are revealed to me as I'm going. Right. But I, no, it's go funny because I, mean, I, I saw an interview with R.L. Stein and he said his process is he writes the end of the book first and then he goes backwards yeah. and tries to fool people, you know, all along the way and trick people. I, I just thought that was really, really cool. But, you know, but yeah, I love that. Sense. And that's so funny. I was just thinking mm -hmm. the other day about ghost bumps uh goosebumps books that like i used to read rl sign all the time and Love i was him. that person that would always 
I always would read the last page of the book first. Like I, <laughs> I was that person because, yeah. I, because I wanted to be excited about how I got there. Right. right. Like, and it was, yeah. that's kind of what it was. It was like, okay, now I know like, oh, what, how do we get there? So right. that's interesting yeah. that that's the way that he wrote it was to start right. with the end. I love that. Very cool. Can't do that with my books or else you, you, it's, there's no use in reading the rest because yeah. my whole, my, um, you know, I guess my MO would be character development, storyline, and the big twist. Okay. I, I want, I, if you can figure out where this is going, even by like the, the last chapter, I didn't do my job. That's what I feel like as a, as a horror author. I want you to be completely surprised of, of, of who did it what's happening except what you, what you just read you don't even you didn't even know what was going on you know like i like that's one of my books nomad station mm-hmm. um that's so you want so you want like an aspect of uh suspense with it of course of course i okay. want to you know action adventure suspense kind of try to put everything into one i like the psychological aspect of it i love you know psychological horror i don't want to just you know have it gory and bloody. I, I, I want it to be, you to be scared. I want you to be more scared when the person is being stalked than when they get caught. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's kind of like the, I, I think that that's an important thing to keep in mind with horror because I like, think of things like what comes to mind for me is Jeepers Creepers. That movie. Yeah. Like yeah, as soon as you saw Perfect. the Jeepers Creepers monster, right? Yeah. There was, it, it was like, okay, well, I know it's a big reveal, but I'm less scared now because I've seen it. Right. Right. right? And so right. Like, there, there's a kind of a fine line there that you have to follow. And, and you know, right. so like what I mean, not to say that horror as a genre doesn't have its place for like, I love monster movies and like, you yeah. know, yeah, of course, of course. It's just preference. That's all. Right. Mm-hmm. But like the psychological element, like when you can really get inside someone's head and have them freaking themselves out. Right. Right. Like, right. That's a, that's fun to play with too, though, and that's um, yeah. That's What's that Mel Gibson movie uh, where he did uh, with, with uh, oh, um, M. Light Shyamalan, uh, whatever? Nine. Yeah, like I mean, yep. I, I thought that was a little too much because I got to wait two hours to to you know. But, but still, I got to be honest. I mean, I, I'm saying that, but it it was amazing. Like when they were banging on the door, you were like, "What is on the other side of that door?" I mean, you only got mm-hmm. like a tiny look at the at the alien, but. You were just scared the whole movie. Like I, I was petrified. You know. Yeah. What I mean? Well, like, um, oh, like a movie that a movie that gave me that feeling wasn't even a horror movie. Have you ever seen the movie um, Prisoners? It's a. It's got. It's got um. Uh, is it? Um, it's got Jake Gyllenhaal. He's a policeman. It's about an abduction. Was that with, uh, I did see, I, I don't, why can't I remember like too much of it, but that was a great movie. I remember. Yeah. That's one of my favorite movies from like the last 10 years. I love that movie, but it's like, that gave me that feeling. What is going on? Yeah. I love yeah. that feeling. Was that where you had the 911 call or something? It was, um, it was where these kids got abducted and then they were brainwashed with LSD. Oh, I didn't and see then, that. I have to see that. Yeah. And then they, uh, these parents that abducted them talked them into abducting other children. Oh my goodness. And then they try to That's... brainwash them with LSD. Okay, so we're basically talking about links to Jonestown at this point. Somewhat. It's it's very cultish too. It's very yeah. they use like uh, and uh, the way to escape this this house is you have to finish a book of mazes that they put together. 
and the whole thing is built ar- around this maze. It's it's wow. a it's a weird watch, but that yeah, if you haven't seen it, it's one of the best movies I've seen. <laughs> probably last in. I have to check it out. But that was that was uh, Patty Hearst. Remember Patty Hearst? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's where they. Yeah. They. They. So uh, the guy, I guess his name was Sink or whatever they, they called him. He was in jail, and he said that the CIA would, were doing like techniques, torture techniques on him. Yep. And they basically were giving him LSD and mescaline and all that stuff. And then they were they kind of like, conditioned him to to do these things. And he said, "I can do this on the outside." He told told one of his prison mates. And then he went out and kidnapped Patty Hearst, kept her in a closet, and then had her, you know, robbing banks. Yeah. So it was very, yeah. I did. And, and, and that was linked. A lot of that's linked to Jonestown because that was, um, that was uh, Congressman Ryan, who was the first mm-hmm. congressman killed in the line of duty, U.S. Congressman, uh, in, in Port Katuma, Jonestown, yep. right? And he was actually investigating the Patty Hearst. He was like a, one of the main investigators of that. Yeah, yeah, he was investigating. So he he was investigating Congressman Ryan, the CIA's and uh, you know basically experiments, the covert yeah. experiments they had, and he had actually made an amendment, the use Ryan Amendment, because he thought that um, he wanted them to come to Congress with everything. They had to come with all these secret, uh, in, you know, experiments they were doing. And so was that that was actually so like the MK- that, just so like, you know. That was purged at the end, after Jonestown happened and everything happened. The user member Ryan just got completely purged from for record. Where so anyway, that is. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much you you since you're fiction writing. I don't know how much you want to do the research and the, that sort of investigation intensity stuff. But I mean, that's sort of its own rabbit hole to go down, right? The idea oh, yeah. of like the MK Ultra stuff and and the connections to like other bigger happenings like Jonestown and, and, you know, things that I, it, this is something that I was just, I don't know if you're familiar with. In my Jonestown book, I do a whole chapter at MK ultra and it's connect And then the next, and the next chapter is a connection to Jonestown. Absolutely. hundred percent. That's so I, I was just ta- like the other day talking to someone about this, the, um, Oh, it, it, the the ergot outbreak that happened in France, right? And all these people right. like danced until they died, kind of thing. And there was like this something. I, I want to say that it was something that happened maybe in the forties, fifties, or sixties. That there was some similar situation that they thought there huh. was like another ergot sort of outbreak in the grains. But there was also a, a I don't know if you want to call it a conspiracy theory, rumor, what what have you. Right. That it was actually part of the CIA MK Ultra stuff that they purposefully Ooh. released, like because Ergot so is what, off the trail. Well, because Ellen? Ergot is where you get LSD from, right? LSD is derived right. from Ergot, and right. so they thought that it was something where, like, they were testing the potentiality of weaponizing LSD for brainwashing, right? Like, oh. if you were to release it into a population, right? right. Like, and it was basically an experiment, which obviously went horribly wrong everyone yeah. went absolutely nuts and we're yeah. throwing themselves out windows and yeah well that and i talk about that in in, in the book as well in the jonestown book in that chapter where um you know they they had uh they, the cia would use that on un, unwitting soldiers and and people in the military you know and then one of the guys went crazy and jumped out they say he jumped out the window but mm-hmm. they you know i think they absorbed his body and they found like head injuries you know that weren't attributed to the fall. So, yeah, that he was, you know, was 
either being abused or abusing himself out of whatever was happening. I mean, that's all of that stuff again is like that's such a deep dive you could go yeah, into in and of itself. That's so interesting. Right. But, I love that stuff. But yeah. For sure. So all, but, all of oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, as a writer, I was gonna ask you a question, but just sure. as probably a question for both of you. Like as as far as subjects, you write about Jonestown and then Amityville or so it's like um with the the aspect of the paranormal and like the true crime how do you dig your claws into something and really sit down and look at it because everyone's got a i mean everyone's got a ghost story and in there's you know you you got you got um you got Jonestown you got you know Heaven's Gate you got all these cults and stuff like yeah. that how do you how do you figure something out or find passion in something that you really sit down and dig into it like because you could pick a different thing every how do you sit yeah, down right. one thing and just really dig into it yeah well i like like i said for me jonestown it was the racial aspect it was something that he was having he would have the black people and the white people they had to like uh you know uh bunk together but even if they had a wife or whatever they couldn't sleep with their wife they had to like he was co-mingling. He was doing all these weird kind of things. And I don't know. Mm -hmm. That, to me, there was definitely a racial aspect to it. Uh, Amityville was just, you know, to me, it had... Well, as a kid watching Amityville, I was, I was, I couldn't sleep for, like, months. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. in the window. I mean, that was, that was really traumatic, you know? So, that, I love it. That it scared the hell out of me. And uh, when I found out it was a true story... Oh, I got, I got to know about this. Oh, and it's right down the block for me. It's only an hour, an hour away. Yep. So by the way, I live in Amityville now. So, <laughs> oh, nice. Just, look at you. are yeah. just right, right next to the action. They call me Amity Will now. <laughs> but that's okay. So is that something that helped inspire your, your anthology of short stories and the Amity Will uh, stories that you, the series that you have? Yeah. Well, how, just for the record, how does I that just fit together? This, I just wanted to say this, that. You talk about, like you just said before, about the, the universe bringing you. You know, mm -hmm. my wife, I met my wife down in Atlantic City. Um, she lived in she lived in Amityville. I wrote the Amityville book. Here we are. We get married. I'm and I moved to Amityville. I mean, you can't even make this up, man. You I love it. No, you can't. That's so good, though. That's so fun. Mm -hmm. It's nuts. Uh, so the transition came. Uh, I was, it was right, you know, I was actually trying to, uh, to write. I wanted to write a crime novel. Like, like I was in the tree, you know, I was in true crime. Hey, let me just make up a crime, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I started like researching crimes and like I was trying to like, and I was like, kind of like, oh, I'm putting too much of that real crime into here. And I don't, that's not creative enough. I didn't want to have to refer to anything. Mm -hmm. And then I went and saw a movie. Uh, it was like the first thing I did after tw like, you know, 2020 in the summer. Uh, I, we went to a drive in movie theater. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, what's that movie with the, there was like four people. I, I, oh God, I can't remember. It was, it's a really good movie. And I'm like, I can do that. Like I didn't, mm -hmm. I can write that. Like, why am I not writing that? And I'm a huge horror fan. I never thought of writing horror. And then I'm like, I'm, I can do that. So I went home and I outlined a story called The Whistling Man. Mm -hmm. And I worked on it for a while and then I kind of put it down. And then once I just remember, uh, one day I had like two or three chapters and it was good. And then I just was like, zoom. And I wrote like the rest of the book in like a month. And I'm like, wow, maybe I have something here. And, and it was very similar to me. It was like, kind of like, uh, 
it, it, it was it was based on you know four people four four Americans abroad who mm-hmm. went and there was a cursed land. It was like uh, not there was no uh, it was abandoned, no lights or anything. And and the guy had just he inherited um, property down there and he and he wanted to buy this property also. So he they went there because there was the whole thing with the mine and everything and whatever. So obviously you could see how that goes. But it was based a lot about like on Halloween. I'm a huge Halloween fan. Okay. So the stalking was similar to, to like with the way it is in Halloween. And then at, right as I as I was finishing that, I think I did, I did Nomad Station. I started Nomad Station before I was even done with that book. And it just, it was kind of like, wow, this is just blowing. It was just coming out of me. No man station is a woman who takes a train ride and she uh, like she goes to she takes her a subway every day. She's riding, you know, to work. And then all of a sudden, one day she's like, where, where am I? And it's going really, really fast. And then she winds up at no man station. No one's there. And she and she's on the phone with her sister. half the time trying to figure out how to get home. Weird things start happening, et cetera, et cetera. That book won uh, audio book. It won mm-hmm. a best paranormal audio book of 2022. I said that. Um, yeah, that was like amazing. That's so it's cool. I, you know, but like it's, I love, I love to hear that story because I just love that it's something that like flowed. It was, you, you know, you didn't, it wasn't a like I had to try to force myself to do it. It was like mm-hmm. that creativity was just rolling. And, yeah. and that's the thing that, that does end up becoming a success and working, right? Like if you can follow that flow. And I, but I love it that it's kind of like, again, like, you know, the universe revealing to you as you go along, like follow these little threads of this true crime stuff. And then like, you were like horror, like go mix this together and you can, yeah. you mm-hmm. can create like worlds of your own kind of. Thing. It's like the story's already there and the universe just reveals it to you. Almost. You know what I mean? It, no, it really yeah. is. And I think that's kind of a fun, like element sometimes, especially because, because like I, you know, what is that word when you just sit and write? It's that you learn. Oh, panster, panster. Panster. Because that is, yeah, but that's kind of how it goes for me. And like, I've been sitting and writing before where a character sort of personality aspect, right? Like, just and like the information about the character will just come to me and I'll be like, oh, that's right. That's mm-hmm. fantastic that that's who you are. Did I write that or did that just, somebody whispered in my ear. Yeah. Right? There's yeah. so much, like, I, I love that element to it, though. Like, there's Absolutely. almost something kind of paranormal and fun in that process. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's that kind of energy of mystery and, like, is this all just my mind or am I getting some information from somewhere? Right. You know, like, yeah. that kind of, it's a... It's a fun little game to play when you're writing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, I lived in the woods at that time when I wrote, when I wrote, I wrote six, I think six uh, books. Five of them, I lived in the woods, and they were. The, I mean, I was like scared every night. I was up till. Five I was gonna say, so you you were nothing. living in the place where you're watching and waiting for the axe murderer. Or yeah, I was gonna say, you took a very old school approach to writing. I thought I was gonna. I thought somebody was gonna kill me out there. There was bears out there. There was everything. <laughs> I, I seriously, it was scary, but. It was really, it was a really cool experience. Getting yourself into the right energy to to be writing. So get yourself good and scared, and you can write the scary stuff. Yeah, and it's it's really important, like your workstation, kind of where you set up your office, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I think it's really important, you know, for writing because it kind of things flow from that. It's like you kind of manifest, you create your own, you know, you know, energy. And um, I had like 
skeletons and like head, like fake yeah. heads. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was gonna say I That's saw on your website. So no, some of the photos that you have on your website, I do think they're really fun. Like you have the skeleton writing at the the laptop yeah, thing. Yeah. You know, you probably and- just have to. You have to. Um, you know. You get into it. If you're really into it, you're into it. You know, right? Create, yeah. create your environment. I have like five boxes of like horror masks. You know what I mean? Like, I made my family all put the horror masks on for Christmas. Like, we took a Christmas picture and they're like, Yeah, this, this is not even Halloween. I'm like, Just put the mask on. But they're cool. They, they play. <laughs> they, hey, that's, that's nice when you get your family will play the game with you a little bit. I did yeah, see that cool. too. I did like that. The Merry Christmas where you have everybody's back. Like, that was really fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. It was fun. So, so like when you write, in the woods and at home, how do you differ as far as like, cause you got to have a way to get over a writer's block and you have to have sort of like a system that you do before writing to get yourself right. Like, you know, like a lot of people say they'll like, if people smoke, they'll sit down with a cigarette and they'll smoke or they'll smoke while they write or have yeah. a cup of tea or something. How do you, how does that differ if you're in the woods? Yeah. Do you have any little, yeah. What are your, <laughs> your little things that you use to kind of get yourself into yeah. the, into the flow? Well, it's definitely bourbon. Is bourbon has to I have to have bourbon. There's no, I'm sure I'm not even getting like, I'm, I'm, you know. But the key is you have to write before you, you know, as you're not high, like the kind of way you can't get too drunk. It's, it's, yeah. So it's like yeah. you got a limited space here. You know, you got you can't go down either because then you're, you know, you're tired. So yeah, that's a whole other thing. But, but uh, like you just said, uh, the writer's block, it's funny that you said yeah. that because to me, being a pencil, I don't know how you don't get writer's block. I can't get right of this block because every I, I'm like, okay, here's all the scenes are already done. Yep. So now I'm like, write this scene. I kind of like compartmentalize the whole book and I write this scene, write this scene. And I refer to other scenes. Like uh, there's obviously, and I try to, you know, use foreshadowing and all that kind of stuff. But then also, you know, remembering little clues that you had here that bring late and that bring you on, uh, that come up later in the, in the, in the writing process. You know what I mean? So yeah. there's no writer's block for me whatsoever, because the only block I would have would be where do I go with the story next? It's not, you know what I mean? It's not the actual writing part. It's like, okay, the killer did this now, but how do I, what is, how does he get to here? You know what I mean? I want to get it to this point. How do I get it there? So it's just those little details you got to work out, but there's no block, you know? I, so I don't like, want it like that. I could never write Panzer because I would just stop and go, you know, every two seconds I'd have to be kind of, I don't know where the story's going. Like, how could I not know where this is going? You know? Yeah. Kind of, you take well, a very I, investigative I, approach to it. It's a different style. It's just a different putting style. it together in your head. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. For sure. That's, um, I don't know how that is. It's kind of, there's, it's funny how that works when you sort of envy other writers or creatives, the process that they have, right? Because I mm-hmm. think to myself, like, you I know, might try that. <laughs> Start what, with what? What? You like, try with out- the bourbon? The bourbon? No, 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 bourbon. I stopped drinking wine. <laughs> but uh, start with the ending, like, figure out the ending and go back. Yeah, and that's RL, because... man. That's all RL. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Cool thing to do. Yeah, know, see, that. and and I don't. It's just interesting to me. Like, I do kind of I think like hey, I wish I had that, but for me, it really is sort of the. If I sit down, the less I think, the more I can flow with it. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like, it, it, it's interesting though, right? The, it, it is just a different style and it's kind of fun. Like, how do you end up training yourself to be that? Like, obviously for you, you had the, the you know, background in true crime and the nonfiction element. So you kind yeah. of like created 
your own way of, of doing it so that it is really easy for you, right? But it, it's, I don't know, it's interesting. So no. I, I'm going to have to think about it when I'm writing now and I do sit and I just kind of flow. Like, I don't know. What you just said from. was exactly, I guess, what we are all, I guess, trying to do. It's just the processes that we try, are trying to do that with are different. So you were trying to write where you're trying to not think. I'm trying to do this where you just kind of want to flow. I want to do the same thing. And in order for me to do that, I need a, that structure of the scene already kind of in place. And then I can write the scene without actually having to worry about where do I go from here. I know where it's going. Now I can kind of just kind of key in on, you know, just just letting it happen. You know Yeah, what I mean? so that's... Yeah. That's interesting. Kind of, you, you sort of build yourself a framework and then you don't have to think as you go. Like, yeah, that's, that's, that that's is, I, but that's true. To... Yeah, we're all trying to get into the flow. Yeah. Same thing, right. Just different yeah, ways. Like, yeah. You're just taking a different road to get there. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. Because, <laughs> like, some of the stories that I have in my head that I'm trying to write down, I, I've uh, shared with Haley that, like, I have to come to a conclusion. It, some, it has to go somewhere. So, like, if, I, if I start it with what somewhere and then go back, that might be a better way of do, going about yeah. it. Because, like, right now I'm writing a story from the uh, the point of view of a guy that got captured, like, in a time by people that he doesn't understand what they're saying. Oh, I love it. So he's trying to figure out how does he appease them by action. You know what I mean? Like, when they tell him to do something and he doesn't know how to do it, they, like, beat him. How does he get around that? You know what I mean? Like, stuff like that. Very psychological. Oh, those, types of, those types of stories are really scary because... You you as the audience member goes right into that character and you yeah. could like just look through his eyes and what did he say? I don't understand what he said. What? Bam. You know, I mean, that's, yeah, that's. Yeah. And it's all told, it's all told by um, just him vocalizing the situation in his head and, and wow. the, and the people that captured him vocalizing it to him. It's just yeah. what he thinks about it because he doesn't know. You know Very right? cool. Wow. And just conclusions of he doesn't listen. This is what happened. He's like, yeah. it's almost like a, almost like a, a pet. You know what I mean? Like figuring out. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Somewhat. It's like almost that situation. Like, you yeah. don't know what's going to happen. You need to figure out. I was thinking out of that with my, with my dog and my baby, you know, like, mm -hmm. and so it must be so hard. And my dog is really like smart. Yeah. He kind of knows like, what, but I don't understand what, like a lot of times we don't understand each other. And we, and yeah. it forces a lot of frustration, you yep. know, for sure. And just, and just take it as, uh, as a, like almost like a um, POW aspect, like you're taking, yeah. like you're you're basically taken as slave. Right. You don't know what's going to happen to you. You don't know what they're saying. Right. See, you don't know why you're. Let me know when that comes out for sure. Well, I'm still writing it. It's a very, yeah. it's the first one I'm writing. First one I'm trying. So That's right, hey, man. We'll, we'll see what happens. With yeah. No, I <laughs> love it. See, my I do more sci-fi kind of fantasy stuff. Yeah. So my brain immediately says he's been kidnapped by aliens. And he is <laughs> he is their pet and doesn't understand that, right? Yeah. And so he's just being trained. He doesn't realize he's just being trained, like Love the dog it. is being trained. But it's, it, I mean, it. it is like psychologically, it's an yeah. interesting concept that that barrier of communication, and you don't yep. like you don't know how do they see you as a prisoner, or is there some like completely other situation that they think it is that you don't know right. that it is? Yeah. Right. Well, when I when I came up with the story i was watching a lot of documentaries about roman invasion of germania so it's That's like i was thinking as far as that because you don't know what the hell they're saying you know what i mean like yeah that would be like i don't know a lick of russian that'd be like me you know getting captured by a russian you know? yeah 
what do you and, do? Yeah. yeah. You're done. Yeah. They're Those, not going to appease you by speaking your no, name. They're not going to give a translator unless they want yeah, information. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Terry, you're not on the stand. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. wild. Yeah. But yeah, I took it from that aspect. Like, I don't know. What do you do in that situation? You know? Yeah. Well, can I keep it going, man? That's great. Yeah, oh, for sure. Things, things kind of just, I guess, come to your watch. Once you get one down, I think once you finish one, it's like, oh, I, I can do this now. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, gets, it does get easier. If it doesn't get easier, you're, you're in a wrong line of business. I, I always feel like when you see like the greats or people really good at something, you know, I'm about to watch the, you know, Patrick Mahomes and what's his name, uh, Lamar Jackson today. You know? When you see them, it made it look so easy, but they put so much work in. But it, 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 it gets easier for them. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. and for when you're great at something, I think you, it has to be somewhat easy or else you can't sit there and be like, struggling to write a book for 10 years i mean yeah well that's kind of the thing Haley kind of put in my head too is like kind of a lesson more approach she mm -hmm. said go for a short story instead of uh you know go for a yeah six paragraph instead of a 50 page. Well, let me let me you know what that's a great transition right there because my next book after nomad station was the horrors of willville and okay. they, it's an anthology series, a horror anthology series. Every episode is different. This, there's different characters, different storyline, right? So I was like, let me challenge myself. Can I do this? Every episode is 6,000 words. I'm going to try to keep it around 6,000. I'm not going to be exact, you know, 6,500, right. But it was so challenging. It was so cool because I feel like it's much harder to write a short story than a long story. Yeah. So writing. Yeah, like, I think this is funny again because I feel the opposite. Like I mean, though, the the other <laughs> camp. Like because that's a lot of what I'm writing is like episodic and short stories and short fiction, and then I combine them together and kind of it, it builds a world, right? Yeah. But like, I don't. It's it's just, again interesting that like for you it's the opposite situation. <laughs> Condensing it into short form is harder than doing the long form. Yeah. It, it was like, harder because like longer you could just say okay. You know, um, I, I'm sitting there struggling because I want to say more. Because to describe a situation, you need a lot of words. Hey, the guy had a hat on with glasses and a beard. Yeah, I, I don't. I, you'd have to kind of condense all that to just, you know, like, how do you describe it without saying all yep. of this stuff? It's harder, you know, for me. Well, for for my brain, that the like six paragraph short story works better because then I'm forced to finish. I cannot keep. You know, because you can run away with anything. You yeah, yourself. right, right. And that, and that, to me, that would be a structural thing where you might want to have that, uh, the story written down first. Kind yep. of like, uh, tree, it's almost like training wheels or like, you know, when you, when you bowl, mm -hmm. when you bowl, like, and they put the, the bumpers, the close, you know, bumpers yep. up. Yep. I put those bumpers up for myself so I don't, you know, I, I stay within that narrow landscape of the yep. story. Mm -hmm. It's got to end. It's got to hit the pins, yeah. you know? Or it's like writing music. You know what I mean? It, done is better than perfect. Yes. In yes. my head. You know, you have to finish it. You can let yourself, you know, not everything has to be 2112 or you know? Yeah, you just finished a song. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. there's chorus, uh, verse, chorus, bridge, you know. Yeah. Chorus. <laughs> For sure. I but the hearts the of Willville, I actually, which is really cool, I had a couple people uh, reach out to me, some, produ some production companies, and one guy is is supposed to be getting back to me, on a, uh, and, and we're going to be 
uh, trying to get this, I guess, put a pitch deck together and try to get it as a streaming series. That so would be so cool. cool. I would love if, like, keep us posted on that. Because I definitely we would will. Love to have you come yeah. and talk about it. Like, get, oh, that would be so exciting. I would love, I'll come back for sure. And so it's Horrors of Will Hunt 1, Horrors of Will Hunt 2. There's five episodes in each. I have Horrors of Will Hunt 3 pretty much outlined, but I have a couple more books that I, I'm almost finished with one right now. It's really scary, but, um, it was really cool with uh, Horrors of Willville because I reached out to John Kassir. I don't know if you know uh, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper from Tales oh, of the... Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that on your website. So he was he was so cool. And I was like, you know, I, I obviously paid him to to do it. And he's like, look, write me a script. And we're back and forth a few times. I wrote a script. And to see this icon or icon yep. lean back my script and even improvise a little bit. And then I added the music and I did all the editing. That was like so much fun. And I told him, I said, John, um, you know, if if this series gets picked up, I would like you to be involved in it. You know what I mean? So I think it's possible. I mean, we're going to see what happens first. I will reach so out to See what happens, but Liv, I yeah. mean, if the universe has put it together this far, it can put it together the rest of the way, Absolutely. right? Like, Absolutely. Th that's so exciting. That's so fun. So it's so crazy that that was like such an inspiration for me. Tales from the Crypt, you know, uh, Twilight Zone. That's yeah. kind of the 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 format of this series. So it was really cool to have him, you know, endorse it and then also possibly be in it. I mean, that would just be. I know, love it. Yeah, the dream. For Put sure. it in for the sure. universe that that we will see it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, yeah, I think. Hey, no, oh, I was gonna. I was gonna ask you like. Since you're into like true crime and stuff, and like even the little corner, like little pocket of America that we're from has like true crime murder and stuff like that. I was gonna say, like, because I got into true crime through an ex girlfriend, and she showed me that chapter. Are you familiar with that? What which showed you what it, it's called that chapter? It's a oh. YouTube series. Really? Have, you ever, have you ever thought about doing like a true crime YouTube series, considering you have like a pretty good um editing background? I did, but I mean, it, it's maybe that it takes so much work. The stuff that I edit, yeah. it's like small, like minute or two. And okay. It takes me, it takes a long time. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. And uh, it, I would love to do that. Believe me, if I could get someone who's like more, I guess, production inclined, who has like great cameras and lighting and all that yep. kind of stuff, then I would, yeah, I would, I would definitely consider it. I, w I was actually thinking about doing a short like movie. But it's just, I mean, even mm -hmm. those, I mean, you're talking like one episode of ours of Will Bill, 6,000 words. I could run like $200,000. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's, yeah. it's astronomical and ridiculous of what these things cost nowadays. You know what I mean? So I really need help. You know, I need, I yeah. need a production company. I need, we need investors. You need all mm -hmm. that. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I can but, do as much on my own as I can, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I get it. No, like, but it, again, if it's something that you feel is where you're kind of headed or where you're going, like the, mm -hmm. the pieces will come together, right? right. It'll, it'll, hope, it'll fall so. together the right way. Like, I right. do think that would be really cool too, because, you know, I love the true crime also. It's, it's always so fascinating. It's, but you know, and yeah. kind of like John said, like we've all got a true crime story, right? We've all got, oh, a, yeah. we've all had something in our hometown or stories from when oh, you were yeah. kind of thing. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Something's happened all this. Um, and then finally, I just to, just to touch on the last thing I've done because I don't I don't want to pass this up. The embittered of Oz. 
I what? was going to ask about that. Oh, so you're that's ask a, me? Well, because I I read the I was on your website. I was reading about it. Um, I, it's just it's interesting to me that's not it, it like sort of the flip side of Oz, I guess you know, like the dark mirror world of Oz. So, but yeah, go ahead, talk to us about that. Yeah, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off with that. I, I, I no, um, go ahead. I don't it's know definitely all. something that is. I I love Wizard of Oz. I love Wicked. I love the just the elements, right, of, like, again, that sort of fantasy world. And so it's interesting yeah. to me the idea of blending it in a horror sort of way. Yeah. Well, the first thing the first thing I had to do was do a lot of research because it's very tricky legally. Yeah. Uh, you, MGM owns the movie, and you can't, uh, but 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 the, the actual book is in public, in the public domain. So right. you can reference, like, I guess things that are, you know, inspired by the book, but you can't reference anything from the movie and it even gets crazy to the point where like if you're explaining the tin man and you put like that you know what's that the, the tin can with the yeah the, the funnel the on the top yep. that that is the movie and and it kind of illegally there's cases that say you know that that uh you're explaining the movie character people would know from that so you lose uh mm-hmm. the movie red slippers in in, in the book they were not red but if you say Ruby Red, you're out of your legal issues. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I kind of, um, that, that was the first thing I had to iron out. Then the second thing was like, how am I going to make, I mean, I was scared when I saw the Wizard of Oz. I was scared. Like when I was a little kid, I went, it was fun. But I was scared. I remember being terrified. It was one of the first, I felt like it was the first horror movie I ever saw. Yeah. It was just a natural transition. And so in my book, all your favorite characters are with the witch. There, so the Tin Man is the Tin Soldier, and he's her right hand man, and he's like the Terminator with an axe. Okay. okay. And then you have the Lion. Is she doesn't have a broom. She has a she has a lion with wings, and he flies, and he has a a, a tail that is a uh, a scorpion's uh, stinger, and he's okay. and nasty, and he basically flies around and eats he eats little people. You know, he that's he loves to eat the little munchkin, the middle little. Okay. <laughs> Did you do um? Did you do I'm crazy, man. I got issues, man. I got issues. Yeah, yeah we all do. I think, I think it's great because, so what, did you do any kind of research? I mean, obviously you're doing the, the research into Oz. And I think that's really great that you have the background, the, you know, your nonfiction investigative background definitely right. would have helped you to research the things that you couldn't do, right? So that you could write this story, like drawing on that, like, Again, the universe gave you that little knowledge bit so that you would mm-hmm. be able to write this and and avoid the copyright issues, right? And be able to right. like, integrate that world. But when you're talking about like the lion with wings and the scorpion's tail, did you do any research on like creature lore or myth- mythological creature lore? Because that I I can't think of what it is right now, but there is such a yeah. I saw like pictures tale. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking up like crazy lions or whatever, or scary lions, you know. And I saw that, and I'm like, uh, uh, yeah, that has to be my lion. I mean, how, how can well, I? But I love it. It's like incorporating <laughs> other sort of mythological lore without having, you know, you you have the imagery there, right? You don't have to necessarily go into all of like where it comes from, but like yeah. you can incorporate that sort of additional that imagery and and that has like again, it's kind of like it's its own little rabbit hole that when readers like pick up on that image right they can go yeah. down that right so it's it's I, I like that sort of element in writing where you have those those little pieces that kind of send people off on their own little wild goose chase yeah of course you know? 
And then uh, cross-referencing everything leads to everything else. Yeah. That's really fun, of course. Um, yeah. the, uh, the, the Scarecrow, to me, is like, it's just right there for horror. I mean, the Scarecrow oh, yeah. already has a mask on, you know what I mean? Where, you know, you just, it's a scary Scarecrow mask. And it basically, it's a plane crash. So that's how it happens. And it's not a house that goes, it's a plane crash. Okay. What? Uh, but I like that because you're kind of also bringing it into uh, maybe not modern era necessarily, but like sort of, again, like blending like the fantasy world that is Oz, but blending it with like our modern world. Yeah. And that's like, that's exactly. interesting to me, right? Like, so bringing yeah. those fantasy elements into something where, oh, we could maybe interact with that. Like, yeah. Like this could happen to you, maybe. Right. <laughs> like, we're going to think. I want everyone to be scared and I, I want everyone to be able to put themselves in the position of the person or the protagonist or whoever is, is getting chased. I want them to feel like they're running. From yeah. The yeah, of course. I mean, anybody can get on a plane. Anybody can get on a, on a subway train and wind up at Nomad Station. Mm -hmm. or, or you can wind up in Oz. <laughs> yeah. Right, but I mean, I, I, I do love that element, that sort of like, everyday life and your everyday autopilot like could suddenly be shifted into something just like yeah. magical paranormal just right. horrific right and it's it does it kind of gives you that element of like that's how you can relate or attach to it as the reader as the audience member right so that you really are in it with the character and i do absolutely really, you know like i love that when you can do that with with bringing the fantasy elements together and really embody that right absolutely Yep. I love that. That's so cool. And <laughs> so sure. that, that one is out as an as it uh, audiobook right now. That one is The Embittered of Oz. I love the cover, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Not only is it all, all my books are audiobooks. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And uh, all my books are, are in all formats. Uh, Ronnie Rollins, he's an English voiceover actor. He did the uh, voice for this. I really wanted everybody I got, I wanted that specific thing. I wanted an English speaking like an english accent to do to do this and he There's was so something funny. kind of extra magical when it's the english accent right he's oh my god i don't know what it is but he really yeah it was like he he brought this whole thing to life and this this the audio that audiobook won best uh action adventure audiobook of 2022 by audiobookreviewer.com audiobookreviewer.com is like uh, affiliated too with uh audible.com right okay is on the audible advertises them on you know and then like kind of like draw you to, to go there to do that because it does help them you know their brand for sure yeah for They're sure i ones. mean but that's still really excellent for you and i do love that you know the it's really fun when you're a writer and you get to have someone perform it i think right oh like, my yeah. god that was know? that's the best thing about it because you have you when you listen to it back right and you're reviewing you're like is this did i write this because it, they're acting it out and i had like uh what was really cool with the horrors of willville sadie sanders she you know has to do a lot of characters because you're talking about five different episodes that you know different characters in each one and just her voices the way she did them it's like wait that's how i wanted it to sound you know what i mean like and it's just when, when it's acted out to you it's just mm -hmm. wow it's I mean, it's amazing. It makes it all worthwhile. It makes you want to keep doing more and more and more, you know. I'm like a dick. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, you know, how do I get to the, you know, get the next project finished and get that out because I want to see yeah. how that turns out. And yeah, no, it's, 
again, kind of like our own little rabbit hole that we keep going down, right? Just keep following yeah. that next story that's that's kind of revealing itself to you. Yeah, and those six yeah. books I did in, in those two years, it really takes a toll on you, though. They, you know, it does. It took a toll to to do them in that sort of short order. It was, you know, I, I was neglecting a lot of things in my life personally. You know, like my my hygiene. No, not my hygiene. Excuse me, my hygiene. I meant to say my uh, my health. Well, yeah, okay. you yeah. your yeah. sort of I, mental health hygiene, right? Like God, that. probably hygiene too. Yeah, I mean, it's a shower uh, once a week. No, I mean I like that sort of mental hygiene. <laughs> yeah, but the mental yeah, hygiene mental you have to do like, because when you really are focused and you're, you're kind of in those projects, like, and I've been in those too, where you kind of hit that flow state and you like, it, hours and hours go by and you're like, oh, did I eat? Did I? Yeah, did I, I don't care about anything else. Yeah. Right, like you yeah. start to sort of like, neglect the, the things that like oh yeah i probably should get up and move around and not be yeah. that in this same mm-hmm. chair i probably should go feed myself you know i probably should drink yep. some water but you're so in the zone right so you just, focused you just right. Get, like, right lost you want to get it done and you know see a lot of times i think as a writer and i'm sure you can test this where you're sitting down and like you like oh, i don't really feel like writing this and then you write something and you look at it the next day you go i would have ne- if i didn't do that mm-hmm. i would have missed out on such an important piece here i would have right. never rewritten this that same way you know what i mean yeah that's yeah that's very very true and i don't know for me sometimes too like i'll write it's interesting when you go back to things you wrote a while back i think and look at it and say oh there was it's kind of like you say where you say like oh did i write that but there's also sometimes an element of oh something was definitely talking to me in the space that i was in it's like there's messages in this for me mm-hmm. yeah you know like there's yeah. definitely something in here that was like that that i was trying to figure out for myself that i was trying to sort of like the solutions are there and the you know it's like there's messages for me specifically in what's coming out too and that's yeah. kind of, you know that's always kind of fun absolutely absolutely yeah it's great it's I, I was going to say what, what, one practice that I stopped doing, I should pick it up again. Is I used to walk around with those little pen pads or whatever, oh. those little pocket pads. Okay. You'd be that surprised happens. how helpful it is to have just a pad to pull out and write stuff. Cause you see stuff. I used to just, you know, sit in my car and just look what I could see, write different. If you see something awkward, write it down. You know what I mean? Like I, I think, use my cell phone and I text myself. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I'm telling you, man, it's the, it's just, it's a savior. Yeah. I will be like, I just thought of something, and I'll write a whole scene down and text it to myself and then forget about it and come back later. What, what did I say I was going to do? Oh my God, that was great. You know, I wouldn't yeah. 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 I have a terrible memory. So, yeah, me too. Why I'm a writer, I guess. I still write everything down. I really I, do. That, you know, that's yeah. that's where. We what? match up a hundred percent. I know a hundred percent. Everything must be. I have notebooks yeah. everywhere, and I'm this like I have a notebook in my purse, and I have like little like because the second I think of something, I'm like you better write that down. You are gonna forget. So yeah. like I am yeah. absolutely like that, just constantly. And I do this like I will um send myself stuff on like Facebook Messenger, like mm-hmm. to, so like I'm like because you know I'm like okay I know I won't delete right. that. It'll just kind of right. stay in the cloud yeah. sort of thing, right? right? But same thing where it's like oh I better. Do jot that down now because yeah. you're gonna forget later, and, and then you're gonna go back to it and be like, "Oh, I needed right. that." Yeah, and that's not regulated to just writing. That's grocery lists. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, yeah. I have to write a grocery list. If I I could say three yeah. things, and if I don't write them down, I'm coming home with two. Oh yes. no, that's a well, hundred. 
Two of yeah. them and four other things that you didn't. Yeah, like. I, I, yeah. I was going to say <laughs> right. And like, and like all the things that I didn't even go in again. Yeah, yeah. And like as a guitar player too, if I didn't have a camera phone, I wouldn't remember anything I wrote because you you always have to videotape yourself. Like always, like I play guitar and sing, man. We got we got to jam yeah. out one day. That would be great. That would be sure. great. I got to send you some stuff. That'd be cool. You send me something. We can figure it out for sure. Absolutely. Well, that, I would, I would love that. That way we could yeah. have like a Patreon hangout session. You guys, like, I yeah. can, I can do lyrics. I'm not musical. Otherwise, that's the only help I could do. But you know, like, <laughs> that would be super cool, super fun. I love it. I was just jamming out yesterday. I went, I went to Jersey to see a couple of my friends and my mom, and uh, I was jamming out. And I actually read that I put it up on. Uh, you'll be able to see. It. I was jamming with a couple of friends yesterday, so I'm gonna put that out oh, on cool. LinkedIn. Oh, very uh, nice. Okay. So you'll check that out, out you know, yeah, for sure. today or something. Cool. Oh, I love it. Awesome. Uh, I was going to say, if you want to check out some music, look up a band called Out. It's one of my buddy Ike's bands. Really? Out? They're, they're called Out. They're from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Okay. Look, right, up a, look up an album called Billy. It's got a dog on the cover. It's a Billy. yellow cover with a dog, on, a dog on it. So yeah, check that out. Like that's, one that. of my, that's one of my personal friends. And like personal. Oh, Who's yeah. What's that? They used to call, well, I mean, my name's William, Will, so they used to call yeah. my mom Billy. So I, as soon as you said that, brought me back. I'm, I got to check. Oh, yeah, nice. yeah hey, we've, had, we've had Ike on in the past, so if you want to know a little I, bit about Ike. I was going to say, like, Ike is kind of a weird music person. Like, you guys, I bet you guys would be super fun if we got together and, like, tried to do some, All like, three of us? Uh, like, a, a collaboration thing, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Jay, yeah, check out my stuff first. Just so you, so you, if you like it oh, first, you know. Yeah, no. Don't, sure. get me, don't get me in the band. I didn't even audition yet. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> oh, no. Just, just, a, just a fun little jam session you guys could get together. Cool. Like, I think it'd yeah. be cool. That'd be fun. So we do, be I do definitely want to be respectful of your time. You know, I, we so, so appreciate you coming on. I've talked so to you guys all day, to be honest with you. That's been wow. fun. It's, it's, been, it's a yeah. lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. But you're right. The Chiefs and the Ravens are starting. So. Oh, I was gonna well, say we, yeah, one more sure. thing. If you want to see watch that movie, it's called Prison. Okay. Oh yeah. I'm gonna probably follow oh. up with you guys. So well, once I once I get this back, if if I if some of this is edited out, I, I definitely want to go back and reference some of this because we talked about a lot of things. And again, with okay. my memory, I am I've not been writing it down. So this yep. is my write down right here. This, yeah, this is right. your it's record. Don't worry about <laughs> it. We'll we'll share it all out for you. So. But do let, um, before we go, let people know where they can find you if they want to find all your stuff. Yeah, you can find me at willsurvive.com. It's will, S-A-V-I-V-E.com. All my stuff's there. This interview will be there. Uh, All my books, links to where to buy them from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, whatever. And we will definitely put that. We'll link that in the description below. So, yes, do check it out. I am... I love your website already. I'm already oh, super interested in the Oz story. So I think, yes, the embittered of Oz. I love the cover art <laughs> and I love sort of thank the idea you. of revisiting a, a very much classic that everyone's familiar with, right? But I'm going to send you uh, both a copy of uh, it if you oh, like. I'll send you an audio. Oh, awesome. No, I yeah, love send that. Send them an email. You can check them out. Oh, awesome. I love, I love that. Yes, love 100%. Thank you so much. We'll survive for joining us today. This has been so much fun. We absolutely have to have you back and do keep us posted. Please, if if you get rocking and rolling on a series, we can help you promote. Oh, yep. we would so love to have you back to talk. We'll stay in touch. This is about this business, about networking connections. You know what I mean? Sure. Cool people having great conversations like this. So that, you know, definitely we'll we'll do this again. Yeah, anything oh, I, we come I, I, with, I'd love to see it. 
Yes, thank you so 100%. much. 100%. Thank appreciate you guys. so, so much for joining us. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much for listening, y'all. Hope you enjoyed our guest. I've been Haley. And I've been Johnny. And you've been listening to Johnny, Johnny Haley, Haley Day, Day of Fun. Fun. Check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash Johnny Haley D-O-F. Email us at Johnny Haley D-O-F at gmail.com. And follow us on TikTok, Johnny Haley D-O-F, and on Instagram. And if you have any hate mail, do send it. We would love to read it on the podcast. Right, Johnny? For sure. Absolutely. Thanks again for listening, y'all. Peace. Special thanks to the Parapost Network for the support of their community. Check out all the great podcasts on the Parapost Network on Facebook.